Promotional consideration paid for by the following. For the collector who has everything, now you can own a piece of our heritage that really means something. It's a taste of history with Old Horsey, a genuine replica authentic working prohibition era domestic usage bathtub gin steel. Relive the humor, entrepreneurial spirit, and tradition of the glory days with a beverage that built a nation. Whether it's ruckus juice, alley bourbon, skull cracker, white lightning, or mama's medicine, no matter what you call it, the Old Horsey bathtub gin still never ceases to delight. With Old Horsey, alcohol is the solution in more ways than one. You can not only take the pain away of daily life, but also put it to all kinds of other soluble uses. Cleaning cuts, removing paint, Molotov cocktails, bleaching hair, removing sight, cleaning the toilet, or use it as a fun addition to breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And your superb vintage is a handy substitute for petrol in your car. And with the world about to collapse with Y2K, you can really never be too self-sufficient. Old Horsey, a genuine replica authentic working prohibition era domestic usage bath Bathtub Gin Steel. Visit bathtubginsteel.com for more. Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift, this episode 337. That's a lot of episodes, but I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and I'm pumped for the show, as I always am, especially because we're on the verge of a giant ice storm. So this, all of this could be a waste. It could all be, it could all be for naught because the power lines could all come down and there could be no show. But up until that point, with me, as always, it's the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the beast master of third shift. It's Eric, and he's here to tell us it's a magical day. It's the 22nd of February. It's time. Give us, Eric, give us your first-hand impressions, your first hands-on taste of PSVR. Tell us all about it. Go! Woo! I touched the box. I looked, <laughs> I looked at the box. <laughs> it was way more compact than I thought. Yeah, there's a package set there, and I'm like... What's that? It's got. I know what it's got to be, but it was tiny. I mean, literally, it was little. And looked at it. Yep, it's for me. Open it up. Sure enough, inside there's the PSVR two. All beautiful. All looking crazy cool. Got. I, obviously, I got the upgrade one with the uh, Call of the Mountain game with it, and so it's got Ali Aloy and whatnot on the cover and all the stuff happening. And I go, man, this looks really good. The kids were like, "What's that?" So I told them and I set it down, and then I made dinner and uh, now I'm here. That's that's that is my first impression of PSVR two, man. I have touched the box. I said it was small, and I was ready to go. But what are you talking about, Eric? I might force this podcast to drop on Thursday. So you had a whole day, a whole day to talk. Right? You didn't even play it when you got no. it. What are you first world you know, problems? Magoo, I buy was, things you know, and let's debating. let them I sit. Wanted, I chastised Matt just for a second. I didn't give him a big guff of grief, but. He messed up everything, all right, listeners? Listen, if we'd have done the show proper, we'd have the PlayStation State of Play to be talking about right now. We'd have my actual real first impressions of playing PSVR 2 right now. We would have a show just just bleh, puking right out the mouth. Didn't even have to think about it, everybody. But instead, now we get to be late to the game goofies talking about the State of Play stuff next week when all of you already know everything about it. And the PSVR 2 is not such a big deal, but, you know, still, bam, man, we missed out because, man, as he just said, we got to record a little bit early. So, unfortunately, I haven't got to play it yet. It's just sitting there in its pretty little box, brand new, not opened yet, because I got to make sure that man is still going to let us keep it. 
So if she doesn't, then I gotta you know make sure the seal st- seal stays on it. <laughs> no, no, no. What you gotta do is you should have ripped it open and then pulled it out and went, oh no, and like like oh no, I'm tripping, I'm falling over. Oh, the 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 table, the, the corner of the table scratched a big thing right across the front of the van. We couldn't possibly return it now, Can't babe. Now. It's too late. I doubt anything will happen, but you know, yeah. yeah. Still, to be safe, we gotta do the thing properly. So yes, I know I was telling uh, some folks on the old Discord that I was gonna hopefully have a first impression. It didn't happen, you know. Dinner and here, and I obviously Matt's gotta do some editing and stuff. So I was like, well, I can't sit here and spend another thirty minutes to an hour loading something up, trying something out. We wouldn't get going until six thirty-seven at the very earliest, which we're already doing at six thirty. So it'd have been a very big no-go. So I didn't get to do that, but. I did go see Ant Man at the theaters, Matt. Went and saw it. I got I got the queso dip. I got the Pepsi Freeze. Oh, it was so good. I got my giant bottle of water that's like inhumanly giant, and then I got my my chicken strips with my French fries and my little cup of buffalo sauce. Ooh, yeah. Mm-mm. Watch that movie, munching on the chips, just enjoying the hell out of the the like nice little comedy bits and the little you know the back and forth between the characters, mm-hmm. the whole fetish with the ants, you know, always getting brought back in somehow, some way. Drink the ooze, drink the ooze, the little ooze dude. Yes, the little ooze man. Oh, that's a spoiler. I can't say it. the little ooze dude who didn't have any holes. That's such a good little moment. I love the uh, the character with the giant blade. You know, yes, the giant beam. beam. On their Let's head. torture him. We torture, should torture him. Torture. <laughs> <laughs> It was good stuff, and of course, uh, you know, one of the baddies in there was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and had a really good moment with the uh, the daughter of, uh, you know, Ant Man himself. Good times. I had fun. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, don't regret seeing it whatsoever. So it's happy. It was a good movie night. It was a good movie day. Got to have a ton of fun with it. Then playing World of Warcraft. I'm doing LFRs now, Matt. I've graduated. Right for me. We are now in the looking for raid stuff. We're doing those. Getting rid of a couple of them last week. Going to do the other one this week. Plus all the other two again. You know, trying to just gear up. And we, we talked extensively. I've got a lot of friends that still come and go once in a blue moon from this game. And a couple of them have hit me up recently. want me to join their guilds and do this and that. But we're not going to try to raid. I don't, I don't want to get back in that world. We already talked about that. So we said, you know what? We'll get done with LFRs. We're going to do some of the uh, Mythic Pluses which are like the super hard dungeons, you know, and get up in those. And we'll do those to about four or five. And people that play understand what I'm talking about. If you don't, it's not a big deal. And I think that's where we'll call it good. Call it good till the next expansion or next, you know, raid or whatever comes out. It'll be a raid and probably a dungeon or two. And then call it good till then. So we found our spot. We found where we're going to go ahead and finish up at. So a few more weeks and I'll probably be done with WoW for another few months until something else is released. But I feel like it's a perfect time anyway, because of all the games dropping and stuff starting to happen, and Destiny Lightfall hits or whatever. So, perfect perfect ending and a perfect way to cap off WoW for the moment. I enjoyed it all. It was great to come back to it. And then, of course, me and Shay talked, and we were like, yeah, you know what, let's do it. So we got Wild Hearts, everybody. We haven't played together yet. But he went ahead and got through the first boss and started farming the first boss and then uh, switching out weapons to see if he liked, you know, any of the given ones. I, of course, was hollering at him to slow down because he, he typically does that. He'll get into something, then he'll go way ahead of me, and then he'll come back and help me. But it's, you know how it is when a 
pro player with all the cool gears just helping you out and it's basically you're just kind of hanging out attacking that baddie look how cute you are doing your little attacks so i don't want that scenario to happen but he did wait up he's only done the first one i went ahead and got to the first little you know main story boss fight did that got to the point where i can access the next area and that's where i capped it because i want to make sure like i said we play together first impressions a lot of fun uh very cool it's it definitely does have that monster hunter world vibe in the sense that uh once you commit to attacks, you're going and you're doing it. And if you screw up when you're doing it and then when the baddie was about to do some other attack, it can wreck you really quick. But it is way more forgiving, I think, so far anyway. Because when you do get hit, instead of attacking like you wanted to do, I don't feel like you take as much damage as you do in Monster Hunter World. Like, sometimes you were just dead. You messed up and, well, that was game over. This, so far, one boss in, so really no place to judge yet, but... Didn't give me that in the boxes, the little, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but basically something gets put on your wrist, allows you to call forth these boxes, which allow you to climb it, springboard off of it, that kind of thing. I know there's stuff that you can do later, but for right now, that's a really cool thing, because I'll pop those up, and say the enemy's charging at me, I can just pop one up real quick, he'll hit that and stop instead. Or, obviously you can do like a two or three, and then you do this high jump, and the higher you are when you come down the enemy, it does even more damage. So you can really rack up when you know he's stunned or stopped for a good amount of time. You can just, boom, come slamming down. And if you hit him good enough, they'll do like that fall over and like, oh, get all confused, and then you can come in and get some good hits. It's got a lot of good vibes. Just, it feels good so far. I touched on a couple of the different weapons, but with the ones I have played with, I definitely do prefer the katanas. But I'm hoping that they've got like a lance or something, because that's always been my favorite. So we'll see. A lot of fun. Can't wait to get more into it and talk to you more about it. And last but not least, we've been playing that Harry Potter map. We've been flying around the broom, and I've finally gotten to the point. Because before now, I've just been going so fast, I didn't really care, want to do it. But I finally get to that point where I was like, you know what? Let's do it. I push the appearance button, and I'm starting to swap gear out to actually make my character look cool. It changed everything. It changed everything. Because now I'm walking around this badass robe, man. You know, I got this awesome witch, you know, broom hat thing going on. Super pure black with this awesome scarf, you know, that flaps in the wind while I'm flying on my broom. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard. I ain't a student at Hogwarts. I'm a full-on wizard, and I'm killing folks. Don't even talk to me. Don't talk to me. I ain't got time for you. They go, oh, Eric, come to class and learn about herbology. I don't care about your herbology. I'm over here casting Crucial, man. I'm killing people up in the woods over here. Don't, I don't need to learn about that. Don't even bug me. So it's got me too motivated. I'm over here acting like I'm a bad man jamming now. I don't need to go learn nothing else. It's over. I'm not a student anymore. I'm a master. And I've got, and the weirdest part is you got townsfolk and teachers asking you to go do crazy things. So it even makes you feel like you're an actual wizard because they're not even treating you like a student anymore. Except for in the scripted story bits where you go attend the class, then they treat you like a student. But after that, they're like, hey man, there's like a, there's like a couple dark wizards, man. I think they're like killing townsfolk over there. Probably, maybe, could you maybe look into that? What? I'm a student. Why are you asking me to go, like, kill these evil wizards in the forest? 
if I ever play it, I'm going to do the complete opposite. I'm going to make myself look like the dorkiest, youngest, stupidest student. Hey, could you go save the world from the giant dragon thing? Hey, I'm just a kid. I'm just a little <laughs> kid wizard. Spookio Batukio. Look at me go. Pew, pew. It's belly armor. Exactly. <laughs> so that part's a little weird, but I'm totally having a great time with it. I go on and on about it. But the, the scope of it is huge. You know, there's just a ton of areas to go. Tons of side quests to go on. I think I already said this before, but I'll say it one more time. Every time I get a quest, there's two or three more, you know, that pop up. And every time I, you know, clean one up, boom, there's another one or two to replace it. So it's just this never-ending cycle of quests and things to do. So if you choose to, you can go get just infinite amounts of, you know, appearances and uh, money and all that good stuff to keep on upgrading everything. The only downside right now I'm having is that a lot of your recipes for, like, some of the potions and stuff, you're supposed to, like, either A, find them or B, buy buy them from the vendors. All the vendors I'm coming across, they don't, they don't really have anything. There was, like, one who had, like, three potions. And then where the problem comes in this is you're getting to the point where some of your classes are like, hey... To move forward, you gotta make this potion. You gotta use this other potion in tandem with this other potion on enemies. Blah 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 blah. I can't make those potions. I can't find the potions, and so I'm like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? I can't do the. Maybe quest. You gotta go to school more instead of thinking you're the goddamn well, king wizard. That's kind of what I figured. And so as of last night, I went ahead and did a couple more school quests. And then if I get time today, I was going to do the same thing. Do some more of the school quests, do the main, and hope that they unlock something or open up something that allows me to then, yes, get those actual spells to then move forward in the other classes to keep going. And that's where it just gets kind of crazy because, like I said, they opened up so many quests for you to do. But you can get so far ahead in some aspects, but maybe way behind in others. So you'll get that quest that's like, hey, here's the natural progression Except for you were actually supposed to do these other 17 quests before you would have naturally gotten to this quest. So therefore, this quest is actually impossible, but we can't just say it's impossible. So now you just have to either A, go look it up, or B, just, like you said, figure it can't and go. Or if you're crazy like me, go ravage around the whole countryside trying to find a potion maker or somebody who can give it to me. Because I get fixated. You know, I like to, I'm like, okay, here's a quest line. chick 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 let me get that quest line out of the way. You know, I want Sandra to be happy, and I want to part ways with her, never to see her again. No, doesn't allow you to do that. And a lot of times they'll be like, all right, I got to this point now. You, unless you did all these other things, you're not doing it. So that part, I got to balance and work on. But other than that, a great time, man. Great game. Great fun. Can't wait to play it some more. And that's been the week. Well, now we're here. Ice storm, everything happening, ready to go. Matt's making us do it early, so he's got something in mind, something he's doing. Well, I'm doing so many things. I have four shows I'm going to in the next entire week, from Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and Tuesday. Four shows I'm going to. So hear all about that next week. I'm going to tell you about this week, because I did go see Ant-Man, just like Eric said. We talked about it at work. A fun time, a great movie. I enjoyed it. I had laughs. I had giggles. I had emotional moments. It's everything you could want out of a Marvel movie, in my opinion. So I don't know why people are having negative reactions to it. I haven't read any reviews. Maybe I should do that to understand why, but I don't even care because I enjoyed it. I had a great time. And I left the theater and went, hey, that was great. And Mom looked at me and went, yeah, that was awesome. I'm glad we went to see it. And I went, perfect. What more can you want from a movie? And before that, the day before that, I went by myself to see Marlowe, which is a Philip Marlowe 
movie. If you know Raymond Chandler's, you know, famous detective Philip Marlowe, the whole series from the 30s, they brought back the... It was one of the books that used the character afterwards. I don't know if it was approved or if the author just kind of did it. But it was a good movie, but it was weird because I had just come off reading, like, all the Raymond Chandler, Philip Marlowe books, like, all his detective stories. And the beauty of those books is that you're in Marlowe's head all the time. So it's not just like, oh, a guy sat down and told me about this. It's first-person narrative. He's describing this guy and his mannerisms and the way he looks. And he's not like deducing things, but his attitude of how it's describing this guy puts that perfect visual in your head. And, you know, Marlowe's thinking about this, so he goes and does that and all this stuff. But the movie, Marlowe, it doesn't have any internal monologue. You just see the stuff happen. And I'm not saying, you know, Liam Neeson was a bad Marlowe or anything, but the whole feel of reading a Philip Marlowe book is just not there. You're just, you're not in his head anymore. You're just seeing what happens. And it's, the whole magic of it for me was kind of lost. Still a good movie. Like there were some good bits of dialogue and good bits of things where if you were in his head, you could see why he did this, you know. Decent enough detective movie. I love all the old cars and all that stuff. It takes place like in the 50s around Hollywood, so all that kind of old vibe. But, man, I just missed... It would be like watching Sin City, but without anybody's in-head stuff. Mm -hmm. Just watching stuff happen on the screen. Just a total different vibe. So, good movie, but Ant-Man was a lot more fun. And then the only thing I've done on the video game front, the only thing is play Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. I wish I hadn't done it as the release last week. Because when I researched it, when I talked about it on the show, I said it. You have to get this. So I had to get it. I had to download it. I had to start playing it. And what's interesting, I don't think I really mentioned it, is as you play through the different series, like you get two songs in and then you get to a treasure chest, which opens up a, what's it called, a title key or a series key. So when you start up the game, not every series is unlocked for you to play. It's like Final Fantasy II, the old one, Final Fantasy V, I think it's 7, 13, and some other ones. Maybe 10 is in there, too. So I unlocked 5, started playing it, and went, oh, yeah, this is this is it. Remembering from my Pixel Remaster playthrough. Having a blast, playing all the songs, you know, putting my little characters in their little lineup, doing their thing. Then I got done, I went, okay, well, I have a title key. What do I want to unlock next? And that's been the beauty of it, is kind of pacing out my favorites, so I don't get to the part where, oh, I just played four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. Oh, I don't know. The rest is just, I don't know. So it's, I'll get a series key. If I'm playing through one that I know and love, like the back of my hand, and I'm getting perfect chains the entire way through, just absolutely destroying it. And granted, just playing on the default level of basic right now, having a great time, blowing through it. Then I'll get that title key and go, okay, well, what's next? I should play something I don't know. So I'll go to Chocobo Dungeon. I'll go to Final Fantasy III, the Famicom one. I'll go to Final Fantasy XIII, which I played about half of back in the day. Kind of bouncing around, and then after two or three of those, all right, it's time to unlock Final Fantasy I or Final Fantasy X or one of the other ones that I know a lot more. And it's just been a blast. Like, every time I play it, it's just fun. And this is one of those games. We just talked about it either on Third Shift or a Shifter Monthly Topic or just in person, you and I. It's one of those games where I can start playing it and I just completely lose track of time. I am just playing and playing and playing. And oh, I started the series and it's 9.30. So I should go to bed in half an hour. But I might as well just finish up all the songs for this title. 
Oh, it was kind of a short one. It's 10 o'clock. I wish you really go to bed. Well, maybe this other one's going to be short too. Unlock, start playing. Oh, it's 10.30. Now it's 11. Now it's 11.15. Okay. Got to stop. And again, in that got to stop mode, whenever I fire up the PS5, I'm like, okay, I, I played Theater Rhythm a good amount last night. I need a change of pace. I need to play some Forspoken. But it starts on the last thing you played. And for Theater Rhythm... When, you know, your cursor is over it, it starts playing Final Fantasy music. So I can't even get, I can't even move on the crossbar because I'm already, my brain's already going, oh yeah, yeah, you, yeah, okay, yeah. Like I start tapping my toes, I start getting in the groove. I can't get away from it. But it's great because I'm loving it. I even played some multiplayer. Some of the, some of the abilities that come across are absolutely ridiculous. Like the ones that add in extra notes, but they have tiny different symbols in them. So if you're paying attention, you know which ones not to hit. And then the ones with like the, what is it, the moogles or the big old chocobos that come across the screen. It's nuts. But I played a few few games here and there. Actually won one because I finally got my vote for the Final Fantasy V theme to actually run through. And of course I won that one. I don't know, it's just a ton of fun. Just absolutely wonderful. I can't wait to unlock everything, play through everything once on basic, and then start going up to expert. I don't know if I'll get to Supreme and, you know, Super God mode, because I've seen some of that on Twitch, and it's absolutely insanity. Just absolutely nuts. But basic is just a ton of fun, and it feels good to do really well at it, and just to groove along to the best music ever made. So I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing that on basic, going back for some expert, like for my favorite things. Maybe not stuff that, uh, you know, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest or anything like that, but going back to 6, 4, 5, 7, 8, 10... Maybe even some 13, because I'm starting to get... And there's Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, Nier's coming, or is in there. When that stuff comes out, yeah. yeah I mean, right. each month a little bit of stuff drops. A little drops. bit of I've stuff got, drops, so you gotta go back to that. Got the Final Fantasy Legends stuff, and some of that sounds really good, because I heard the little previews. But when I get to the Chrono Trigger tracks, when I get to the Xenogears tracks way down the road, that's gonna be nuts. And then the last thing I'll say, because I forgot to mention it in the release, is they have event music stages you have like battle you have music stages and then there's event stages i can't believe i didn't talk about it because it shows like a beautiful cinematic whether it's the opening cinematic or just kind of a total retrospective of the game and then you play a track that scrolls down like guitar hero on top of it so you're playing this awesome music that you absolutely love especially if you've unlocked the event stage after beating the regular now you definitely know it but then you get to see like the whole thing. Like I I did Final Fantasy 2, the Famicom one. And it's a beautiful like little snippets and scenes from the entire game. You know, going from the beginning where you fight the forces and get instantly killed to fighting the ultimate emperor at the end. So it's just as you're playing the theme of the game, you get to see it. It's like it's like being at that Final Fantasy concert all over again. You get to see all this beautiful stuff happening, play the music, have a great time. What a great time. That's, that's the only game I played. I can't play anything else because as soon as I boot it up, I hear it and I go in and I play more and I have a great time. That was my week. That's it. Goodness gracious. Well, you know, I, I kind of lied because I did other things, which was watch Twitch and do family stuff and this and that. But I've been watching YouTube and stuff. It's <laughs> yeah. been great. While I was watching Twitch, everybody's been jumping on this game, Atomic Heart. All right. This game was something me and Matt kind of looked at a while back and was like, ah, it might be cool. I don't know. Never kind of came into the, you know, the target sites. So I watched it. And I went, holy crap, this is cool. 
This is ridiculous, over the top, bonanzas, all right? So here I will I will talk about it. It's my release for the week. Munfish, a Russian uh, developer, made this particular title. And, of course, it's out now for everybody that wants to play it on everything except for Switch. Uh, it is a Game Pass game, so if you have Game Pass, you can just go play it, you know, while not free of charge. But you know the deal. What it is, it's a first-person shooter. You are this Russian veteran from World War II, and here's the dealio. During World War II, Russians had this advanced technology, which actually stopped the war before it ever went crazy, except for the unfortunate event that the Nazis actually unleashed some kind of weird chemical that actually murdered millions of people all over the world. So the Russians then took that technology that they had and made AI, robots, etc., to help with the work shortages, and boom, across the world these things are going. Hence, here we are. What happens is you get called out to this particular factory, people are dead. These androids are starting to attack you, and then the plot unfolds. So now here you are, a military guy, wielding your guns, grenades, all that good stuff. You get it all. But on top of it, since this is that weird past but sci-fi adventure thing, you get this really cool glove that allows you to do like telekinesis and, and flame magic and all sorts of cool stuff, electrical magic, to fight off enemies, the androids... Enemy humans, doesn't matter, whatever. You're fighting every, all sorts of crap. But here's where the game really shines. is The story, I don't know. Most people say it's passer, you know, leave it, take it, whatever. Doesn't matter. For me, watching these Twitch players interact with these characters, it's just bananas. It's over the top. And it's intentionally over the top. You meet this grandma at some point, and she's just pulling out RPGs, shooting robots. She's just insane she's just this crazy grandma handling business don't even care about you doing what she does had me cracking up then the, i hate to spoil it but i gotta say you meet this machine that actually turns into a machine that upgrades you but this machine has the uh spirit or the persona of a female who's like really just wants something and she just doesn't stop and goes way overrated R with it all the time and just seeing the different streamers and watch them get to that point and then just how they react and how they interact with this part of the story makes me laugh all the time because some people you know hate it don't like that and they're like oh my god what the hell some people get into it and you know just to chat for those few minutes has been fantastic i really appreciate the fact that munfish Knew they had a story that was wild and going over the top. They just went with it. And everybody you meet and everything that happens is just freaking nuts and bonkers and crazy. But also terrifying. Like these androids, they just, they have that android look. Like they're not alive, they don't care, but they have these personalities to them. And just kind of eerie weird feeling. Plus there's always like big giant mechanical things and everything in the background happening. So you never feel safe. You always feel like there might be something else happening. And the gunplay looked solid. Didn't look like anything special. I mean, I can't say that it looked like, oh my gosh, it's like, you know, reinventing the wheel for a first person shooting, but it looked doable and usable. It looks and feels good. The shotgun obviously blows baddies back, does what you'd expect a shotgun to do. The magic abilities seem solid. I don't know how scarce ammunition was because, you know, I didn't watch hours upon hours of him playing, but all in all, it's a gorgeous game. I can tell you that. The soundtrack, from what I hear, seems solid. It makes me really want it. And I don't like that, Matt, because I got too many other games to do right now. But I would 
tell you right now, check Atomic Heart out. Because I just feel like there's a lot of love and attention put into this game. And it just feels good. I mean, it feels like a lot of fun. You're going on a grand adventure. A lot of people compare it to like Fallout and Bioshock. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because I remember when we first saw reveals of it. And we went, oh, it looks kind of cool. But neither of us followed up on it. You know, we haven't watched any of the other reveals or anything like that. And so it kind of hit. And I went, oh, that sounds kind of neat. But I saw people saying, like, if Fallout is like American Fallout, if you want to call it that, then this is like Soviet Union Fallout. And I went, that sounds awesome. That sounds incredible. In this weird alternate future, and then any kind of resemblance to Fallout is always good. So I was just like, man, that uh, sounds sounds cool. Everything you're saying sounds pretty cool. I don't want to have more on my plate, but it might have to go on there because it sounds really cool. Maybe I'll watch. Yeah, go watch some. Maybe I'll watch some reviews. I'll watch a little bit of gameplay, not a lot, and just see if I can, if I'm vibing with it because I like that kind of like, I don't know, it's like alternate Cold War type of thing, maybe, because mm-hmm. they keep mentioning Soviet Union, and that's what yeah, puts well, it into my Yeah, well, it's 1955, I think, is when the game takes place. So kind of start of Cold War type yeah. of thing. Yeah. But Cold War Fallout in the, in the Soviet Union type of stuff, I don't know. That sounds great to me. With Bioshock magic and an over-the-top characters and ridiculous And crazy weird androids AI, and AIs androids. And stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really got me interested, and of course I have Game Pass, so it's like, hey, just download it and go play it, but I'm like, ha, ha, I, I don't even have to worry about it, I'm just <laughs> going to go download it and play it. See, you get to just check it out regardless, you know, and so do I, and that's why I'm like, God, but if I liked it, that's not good because I got other games, I'm in the middle of four or five games right now, and it's just too much, but go check it out if you got nothing to do, or if you love having many games to play, because it's definitely on my radar, and it looks like a solid damn game. Absolutely. And hey, speaking of Game Pass, I forgot to mention, I did play a little bit of Hi-Fi Rush. Finally, that's the only other game that I played. I played about an hour of it. Oh, man, I love it. It Going from theater rhythm, which is rhythm, to Hi-Fi Rush, which is rhythm action. It was a blast. Like I said, only did an hour of it. So it didn't even register for me to write it in the stuff. But you mentioned Game Pass. That made me think of, yes, I did play that. But something I'm going to play all this next week and just screw everything up. It's going to destroy everything. Forspoken is going to fall completely off the bar because Like a Dragon Ishin is out, which dropped on the 21st yesterday, developed by Ryuga Gotugu Studios, published by Sega for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. It's here. I never thought, I've, I've said it before, when this was revealed, I never thought I would ever play Like a Dragon Ishin because this is the like 1800s, late Edo period spin-off to the Yakuza series that was originally only in Japan, but now it's been remade, re-upped, re-shined, re-jiggered, re-graded. And now you get to play it. You get to play as your main character basically is infiltrating the Shinsengumi. And if you've ever watched anime, you know what the Shinsengumi is. It's kind of this weird mercenary slash military slash police force in late Edo Japan that just kind of is in most instances or depictions of it corrupt or bad or good or it's just kind of a weird strange military force or military police type of force but he's infiltrated them under a false name because he believes the person who killed his master is among all these captains and if you love the yakuza series if you love the like a dragon games all the captains are of course there are they have the faces and mostly personalities of all the great characters from the previous Yakuza games. You got a Goro Majima lookalike. Your main character is Kazuma Kiryu. You got everybody there. Now, all the reviews have said, and again, I don't go super deep, 
because I have it right here. I'm going to play it. I'm not going to spoil anything for myself. While they do have all the ticks, there's the Goro Manjima guy. He has his own storylines, his own ticks, his own things as this character that he's playing. So you'll get attached to him, and then you're going to have all these twists and turns that you can't expect in this late Edo period of Japan as the big revolution's coming in, and you're trying to uncover this big who murdered your master, all this stuff. And then you're going to get wrapped up. You're going to get, oh, I'm so intense and interested in the story. And then you're going to find... I think one of the reviews said, like, 80 sub-stories, like you do in every Yakuza game. All kinds of crazy characters, crazy side stuff to do. And if that's not enough, go find crazy activities to do. Go do chicken racing. Go sing karaoke. And, of course, they put Bakamitai in here. Go sing Bakamitai again in the karaoke salon in 1800s Japan. Run around this crazy place. Find a girl and help her start a farm. Just grow vegetables, and then harvest the vegetables, and then cook the vegetables in like a Cooking Mama type of video game. So you're cutting up the veggies and you're stewing them and doing this to fulfill orders. Go to the udon shop and start cooking up udon. You know, you know, if you know Like a Dragon, if you know Yakuza, that's what this is. Just a completely different storyline, completely different setting, completely different time period, everything. If you love the Yakuza series... You have to play this. You have to be like me and have it here with the steel book from GameStop and everything. If you don't know anything about it, there's a combat demo, so get in there and see the combat. But I recommend to anybody, find a Yakuza game somewhere, anywhere. You gotta play. You gotta experience the the very emotional main story. You gotta experience the wackadoo sub-stories, the crazy mini-games you get to do. And in this one, you get to experience four different fighting styles. Brawler, swordsman, gunman, and then this beautiful wild dancer, like mixture of sword and gun, where your character is like pirouetting about and swirling and shooting and doing all kinds of stuff. And then you can also, new to this version, download, like, oh, I forget what they're called, like the generals or the combat cards, where you have little cards that represent the generals or the, the captains in the Shinsengumi, and during your combat, you can activate them to get a little bit of health boost, get a strength boost, get a defense boost. Call in a bear! Just call in a bear to maul your enemies. Essence of Charging Bear, I think it's called. He just roar, boom, boom, boom. You could do so much crazy Yakuza stuff in here. I can't believe it. It's here. I'm so happy that it's here. But I have to stop playing Theater Rhythm now. But it's going to be awesome. Yakuza games are amazing. Like a Dragon games are amazing. You got go to a studio could do absolutely no wrong in my opinion. I'm so hyped to play this. It looks good. It sounds good. It's gonna be crazy. I'm gonna be playing Like a Dragon Ishin forever. It's wow. I'm just, I want to throw my mouse, but it's very expensive. I just want to flip the table, but I can't do it. Well, you're gonna be playing it for a while because you got other Yakuza games or Like a Dragon games coming this year. The man who forgot his name or something. You know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be good. It's, 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 you're going to be eating lots of Like a Dragon this year. It's going to be outstanding. Uh, but before you eat that, before that happens, maybe we'll see something on this little snippet here, Mr. Matt, that I thought was very interesting. It's the only thing that I could think of that was cool was Game Informer had an article by Marcus Stewart today that I was like, ooh, this is interesting. Blumhouse... Those, you know, you might know them from making films. Lots of awesome horror films in particular. And I mean, one of my favorites, Insidious, you know, everyone's favorite. Paranormal Activity, um, the new one, Megan. All sorts of scary movies. Didn't they do Malignant? Were they involved in Malignant? The greatest horror movie in the last, like, Oh my gosh, movie, they, but... they probably were. I'm not 100% on that one. 
Maybe it follows. I don't know, but they do. They do a lot of good stuff. They do tons of really good horror movies. They expressed a very big interest in getting uh, that genre into gaming because you know it's not that type of horror movie isn't very prominent in gaming. But they also want to do it differently. They want to go the indie route, so they made a gaming division of Bloomhouse. And it's headed by Zach Wood. I don't really know who he is, but it does go on the article, you know, kind of give you a brief uh, synopsis of him and the team they're trying to put together there. And what they're going to do is they're going to work with indie companies to keep, you know, the budget's about $10 million or less to create interesting and fun games in that genre for people to play. This is awesome. To me, I mean, this is all sorts of potential, and it's going to help, you know, a lot of the different indies, you know, out there get the funding and the money they need to create awesome games. And if they can keep that Blumhouse, you know, that character, that flavor, it has the potential to make some really scary, really cool games. Just overall, I was I was excited to hear about it and excited to see it because the indies once again are getting more love and attention, and we're bringing a genre that's not prominent into, you know, in the gaming area out and hopefully we'll start seeing way more of that type of game come about and have a great time because i love a good horror game who doesn't yeah i mean i don't play a lot of good horror games but i i appreciate them so like you said if there's more indies out there there's more horror games out there there's more innovation in this kind of region and they have the ability to use any of the blumhouse licenses like again i don't know how all this is going to work but if you could make a paranormal activity game in playstation 2 vr where you've got to find the thing and you're looking all around and you're going through the house or something you, like that yeah, like the yeah, or, or you're seeing in vr looking at the mirror you're seeing yourself but then like the little creepy hand the usual creepy face comes up spooky thing yeah. Yeah. yeah you know how crazy that'd be or the door slamming behind you just the simple stuff you know and like vr would be insane they're moving all of a sudden <laughs> just now i'm just thinking of like malignant vr put the controllers behind no spoilers put the controllers behind and then just start flipping out <laughs> oh my god that'd be the greatest thing in the entire world so I'll, I'll be excited to see where that goes hopefully good stuff comes out of it but even if it's just you know fun and small more smaller indie projects that's always a good thing yeah so something to watch and of course go read the article if you'd like to over the game farmer a lot of good stuff in there just can't wait can't wait to see what comes of it something hopefully something good absolutely and then you know, Eric mentioned it's a short turnaround. We don't have the the big topics to talk about. But just last night, I was sitting here on YouTube. Like I said, hey, I've been watching a lot of YouTube, long-form YouTube content. Usually, I don't have much to say about it. But I saw this video, and I don't know why I clicked on it, but it was all along the sidebar, you know, recommended whatevers. And it said, exploring dead games. And I went, ah, that's that's a meme on Twitter. Oh, dead game is dead. Huh, huh, huh. But this guy actually, this guy Redline, R-E-D-L-Y-N-E, so if you can look this up on YouTube right now, he went into a lot of actual dead games that are still up somehow. I would say about half of this video is really, really interesting. He went into this one called Active Worlds, which was like this, this online social space from 1995, but is still going today. And he went into all these different servers, and he can, you know, there's nobody in there, but you can see this was originally like a showroom for like medical technology it was like almost like you know going to graph expo or like a trade show mm -hmm. so they made this space in cyberspace back in the day and obviously had links you could click on and it would take you your actual computer links to different things so it's kind of fascinating watching him walk around these different areas these different servers that are still active somehow 
Like they weren't taken down. I don't know who's paying for them to still be up there, but this like this beautiful time capsule from like the 1990s, early 2000s, stuff like that. There was a World's Chat Japan where he was going through all these different rooms, and you could see a lot of it. Yeah, it's just empty rooms, but you can imagine all the kind of discussions that went on in here. These themed rooms where people would hang out and do stuff. But one of the most beautiful ones was, and it was it was kind of confusing at first because he goes, all right, uh, Team Fortress 2 is next up on the list. And I went, people have been playing Team Fortress 2 for years. They still do. And he, and he acknowledged that. And he went, well, they're still busy, busy servers. You know, it's a, it's a multiplayer game. But he started going into these empty servers that, again, are still up. And he went into one, and it was a server that paid tribute to this, this server and had, like, monuments on the walls and plaques and records of these people who had been in the server for however many days or weeks or years donated money to keep this private server running. And they were like monuments up and then like a grave for the server itself. And, you know, pictures of people like they'd actually uploaded pictures of them hanging out. And he was like, this is so strange. And I feel so weird being here, not having any knowledge of who these people are, or what this was. And then if you look all, almost all the comments on this video are from people who were in this server for like the 10 years that it was up, you know, oh, after, every day after middle school through high school, I'd come in and, you know, kind of just like World of Warcraft style, mm-hmm. you'd pop in and just be hanging out with your guildies, essentially, goofing around in this server, trading items because Team Fortress 2 has this items thing. And it's just story after story after story of all these people who, because of this video, are now kind of, I mean, obviously they're reunited in that server because it still exists, but reunited in this video that one of them heard about and passed the word along. It's just a beautiful moment of like, this is how video games can make people come together in the real world. And even after that, these people still have in-person connections. So when one person finds this guy finding this one server that one of them keeps up for like one month at a time here and there, like around the holidays, he dove in, found it, made a video Somebody got wind of that, and then all these people from 20, however many years ago, who knows, are all back in this video sharing stories of all their good times and all their all the fun they used to have and how this, this was their teenage years, their childhood, essentially. It was incredible. It was just from this silly, goofy video about walking around dead servers and talking about stuff, just in the middle of this perfect little slice of just, not even my nostalgia, but it just made me feel good, this good... Good story about video games, just, like I said, bringing people together. You know, your whole childhood was this, hanging out here. Somebody puts up a tribute for it. Somebody finds it, and then they're all in there again. Beautiful. It was wonderful. Now, two parts to this, man. Two parts. The first part is I can relate completely to that because being having played WoW for 15-plus years, I have access to several old guilds, you know, throughout the years of the different people I've raided with and hung out with. And I can still go to these dead guilds on those characters. Mm-hmm. And I can see all the like the notes of the characters of the funny things they posted and go to the banks and still see all the gear and stuff we had organized from this or that to do this or that. You can still see the ghosts, basically. Mm-hmm. And of course all those guildies who quit playing, it doesn't delete them out, so you can go look at all the players' names still and online, last online nine years ago, eight years ago, ten years ago, four years ago. And you can just go and you can just see it. You know, the ghost of this guild it still exists. And you're like, yeah, I remember all this. I remember these people. I remember these times. I remember why he put Jack Ashry in his notes that day and what was going on. And 
you know, it, it, it is really weird and can feel kind of creepy and weird, you know, just spooky sometimes because you're just like, it's all dead. It's all dead. I don't, you know, most of these people mm-hmm. have no idea what happened to them. But on the more positive side, also, this isn't this. I'll get on one day and just all, all the blue, somebody I played with nine, ten years ago goes, hey, is that you? Yeah, it's me. Hey, just, you know, just casually play a little bit here and there. And off you go on this whole, hey, what have you been doing for 10 years or nine years? And you're like, oh, well, you know, I got kids and do this and that. And da, da, da. Like, holy crap, man. Blah, 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 blah. And you just go on this whole story for half hour or whatever and just talking to this person. And then, you know, off you go. And then, you know, your usual day-to-day life. So it is really cool. I mean, I did the same thing with League of Legends for a long time. Had a cr- tight crew. We ran together for like years and years. All went our separate ways. Every now and then, one of them will find me on Steam, be like, "Hey, brother!" He's one of the Trinidad guys. "Hey, brother, what's going on?" And we talk and talk and talk. And it's like no time has elapsed. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Just all those memories just come flooding back. Oh, it's J Boss, and he lives with his brother. And da 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 da. Yeah, I-, I love that kind of stuff. And then to know that you know, it's not just in real life stuff. It's through the magic of video games, stuff that people say, "Oh, you don't make any friends through video games. You're you stunting your social growth. Yeah, uh, you're not. You don't. You're not having any connections." Boom! There it is. Here it is. There are definitely connections for sure. But on a weirder note, I was fully expecting this, and you didn't give it to me. But he's going on to dead server after dead server after dead server on all these different things from God knows how long ago. I was waiting, man, for him to hop into this dead server. That has one person in there. And they're just like, and then they just kind of come up on whatever game or, you know, or website type 3D thing environment it was. And all of a sudden they start following him around. And then he leaves it. And all of a sudden they hack into his computer and they start texting him. This is a horror movie, man. We're going to turn this around to something crazy. Next thing you know, you got this psychopath who's been living and haunting a dead server for God knows how many years. First person that comes in, and he attaches or she attaches right to him, and this goes south real quick. Well, you can send that to the Blumhouse Game Division. But mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, during one of his, his explorations, they had, you know, it's it's totally weird stuff, too. Like, in Counter-Strike or, T- or Team Fortress 2, I can't remember, some custom map they built, like, an entire 3D representation of one of the 2D Pokemon games, like, a bunch of towns in that game. He found somebody in that town. He said, oh, oh, it was Team Fortress 2 because he had the little fish from the Mm -hmm. scout that the scout hits people with. He said, yeah, I found this dude just randomly. I walked up and I kept hitting him with my fish. And then he finally got active and we started running around the town together and then he disappeared. So it wasn't a horror movie. But it was he did find a couple of people in these dead servers and eventually get them to interact a little bit. But, you know, not kind of like pull out their story or anything. Mm -hmm. But it was just like after... You know, it's like an hour-long video. So after 30 minutes, 30-plus minutes of nobody and nothing, it was kind of like, I found this guy, and I went, there's no way he did. And I look, and there's his character, and I hit him with my fish, and then he started moving around. It's kind of like a, I don't know, like if you were watching a movie where there's nobody, and then the main character finds somebody else. It was like, oh, my God, oh, what's going to happen? Going to give me that rush of like, whoa. Whoa, whoa, they found somebody. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Even though he could literally go into an active Team Fortress 2 server and find a million tons of people. people. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I was going with it. That's what I was hoping for, man. I wanted to hear a horror story about some weirdo in a dead server because that just sounds cool. That sounds like a game. That sounds like a movie. And I want to see it happen. That's for sure. Well, now you maybe you can experience that in Blumhouse. Like, you'll be in there building up your little Pokemon town and then 
boop, boop. Hey, I built this. I built this first. Oh, okay. And then in the game, cool you beans, exit man. and quit. And then, hey, hey, welcome to Blumhouse PSVR 2 exclusive <laughs> dead servers. I don't want to play you. It's too late. <laughs> you like double tap to turn it off and you, you know, jump scare in your face, something like that. Well, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome, actually. I'm surprised yeah. that hasn't been done yet to where it automatically, if you try to shut it off, it does a jump scare before it shuts mm-hmm. off. So it just knows, hey, if they auto quick shut off to do this thing to them before it shuts off. Yeah, that's some Metal Gear Solid stuff right there. Or like when you double tap to get the see-through, it mm-hmm. puts something the- up in front oh of the see-through. <laughs> Give people strokes. Uh, oh, yeah. that'd be great. That'd uh-huh. be great. All the freaking, you know... Dirty laundry that had to be done, and all the stories the streamers would have of that kind of exactly. scenario happening. Yeah, Man, perfect. Well, yeah, that's definitely awesome. <sighs> Just makes me sad though when you you know talk about that because, like I said, being real life thing, I'm like, eh, it is cool and it is weird, but makes me sad too. And because I've lamented a million times before, you know that I, mm-hmm. I wish somehow we could have all kept going together and doing those games together. But time marches on, on to the next big thing. And like we've talked about in person before, if that happened, you wouldn't be the person that you are today. If I was, you know, if I didn't move on from League or my friends didn't move on, you know, not saying that that like controls your life or anything. No. But if we were all stayed at that level, maybe we wouldn't be where we're at today. Where we're at doing whatever. I can tell you for sure I wouldn't play a lot of games because when I was playing that exclusively, Mm -hmm. I'd play maybe one or two games a year. That was about it. And then, obviously, WoW was what I did. Yeah. So, if I kept playing and doing that, I wouldn't know about 75% of any of these games that are out. And I, st- I still played a lot of games, but I played League literally every night. So, I wouldn't have time for pretty much anything else. So, hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, thank us for dropping out <laughs> of our favorite games at the time, apparently. Th- thanks to all Eric's guildies for ditching them and leaving Ditching leaving me to leaving me to die in the servers. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> But hey, if you've got some stories of some connections from back in the day, stories like that, dead servers you remember, places you used to hang out in the games online, friends you used to have, let us know those stories. Because I thought that was an awesome story from back in the day. Let me know yours out there, podcast listener, via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook on Third Shift. Indeed, you can find us over there on Facebook. You can also find us on Patreon. Yes, you can. It is a little tip jar. Anytime you think we're doing a fantastic job, had a good time, had a chuckle, laugh, or whatever, consider heading over there, throwing a buck, two bucks, three bucks, any kind of bucks in. Be very, very helpful, and we'd be super grateful. And if you throw enough bucks in, you get a couple extra shows, some fun little extra tidbits from me and Mr. Matt. But if you can't do that, you can support us in all sorts of other ways. You all know the rigmarole. Go over to Twitch, give us the Prime sub, head on over to the mailbag and throw us some opinions, some questions, some topics, whatever the heck floats your boat. Get on in the Discord, hang out over there, or go on to Twitch, watch us play some video games or something over there whenever we're online. There's a million things to do, millions, million ways to support us. But the easiest way to support us is to listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 2nd of March on iTunes and Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. But hey, while the power blows out in Eric's house, there's nothing else to say but don't forget to save. 
and sit down. Nothing else to say? Matt already said it. I don't gotta say it. All I gotta do is say one thing. One thing only. Don't forget to save.